Hello and good evening, everyone. You're listening to That's So Gay, a musical program that explores the revolutionary contributions of queer musicians from the past and from the present, featuring new music, upcoming artists, and informative commentary by your very own DJ Psychosocial. So let's start listening. I am really excited to get into today's genre, hyperpop, because it's one of my favorites. We're going to be talking about how hyperpop formed through the experimentation of queer artists and exactly what is hyperpop. Well, it's hard to define just because anyone you ask will give a different description, but some quintessential elements of hyperpop include blown out bass, heavy vocal distortion, and an intense neon Y2K aesthetic. Can I just record you doing that?
Hopefully you were able to see some of those elements in the two songs that we just heard. But what are some early influences of hyperpop? Well, it's difficult to pinpoint exactly, but many credit genderqueer musician Grimes and her album Visions for starting this zeitgeist towards experimentation, towards creativity within pop. Um, Visions involves hazy textures and vocal effects, and it, it took these pop conventions and melded it with a more synthetic, electric sound, which is a style that can be seen in many modern hyperpop artists like Caroline Polachek and OK Lou, who we're going to listen to now. Oh, 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 
Alright, so continuing our historical exploration of hyperpop, in 2013, producer A.G. Cook, Daniel Harl, and singer Hannah Diamond created PC Music, which was essentially a collective of musicians dedicated to the creation of experimental pop tracks. Cook collaborated with producer Sophie, who we will talk much, much more about, to produce Hey Cutie, a song advertising an imaginary soft drink called Cutie and performed by an imaginary pop star by the same name. Hey Cutie! As you can see, hyperpop is largely performance-based, and the song made waves within the industry as everyone tried to figure out whether PC music was mocking pop or revolutionizing it. Money technicality, money really actually, money on a gold plate, money music all day, money in the studio, money takes all day, money take my breath away, melody oh baby hey, money technicality, money really actually, money on a gold plate, money music all day, money in the studio, money takes all day, money 
Money take my breath away. Melody, oh baby, hey. Money technicality. Money really actually. Money on a gold plate. Money music all day. Money in the studio. Money takes all day. Money take my breath away. Melody, oh baby, hey. Money technicality. Money really actually. Money on a gold plate. Money music all day. Money in the studio. Money takes all day. Money take my breath away. Melody, oh baby, hey. Money technicality. Money really actually. Money on a gold plate. Money music all day. Money in the studio. Money takes all day. Money take my breath away. Melody, oh baby, hey. Money technicality. Money really actually. Money on a gold plate. Money music all day. Money in the studio. Money takes all day. Money take my breath away. Melody, oh baby, hey.
So back to Sophie. Sophie was responsible for a large part of the creation and popularization of hyperpop. Interestingly enough, she was obsessed with the ascending pitch of the popping bubble, and she utilized the sound in many of her songs. Sophie collaborated with high-profile artists like Vince Staples, Charlie XCX, and Madonna, which cemented hyperpop's importance to music. She released Oil of Every Pearl's Uninsides, which is one of the most intricately composed sonic masterpieces of our generation, and it became one of the defining works of the newly birthed hyperpop genre. Shaking, pop like four on the floor, been in rotation. No allegation, popular demand. I understand my name is only for conversation. New York nigga be like dead ass, LA nigga be like on the dead homies. I was off the porch like FedEx, 211 got bread on me. K. Dot, like the side dice, bro, like fried rice and pump, pump, strip. Uh, temporary pump, nah, I don't remember them. Just canary yellow gym, jumping at the fucking gym. Uh, swing like new day, the day, I ride dirty. Paid like two damn wings, retire early. Uh, fade like shadow, a stallion and cattle. A bitch's decision for you is narrow, collision. The money.
After the release of her album, Sophie came out as trans through her music video for It's Okay to Cry. Her album is a reflection of many of her experiences as a trans femme individual, and she has talked about how her queer identity has shaped her work. Similar to Grimes, she has talked about how her fluid ideas of gender have allowed her to take a more fluid perspective on music, and this can be seen in her unconventional production techniques and songs. Inside you, I know it feels like. 
Unfortunately, Sophie tragically passed away in 2021, but by then she had already become one of the most prolific and recognizable names in the hyperpop microgenre. Her techniques and attitude toward music can be seen throughout modern pop and hyperpop in songs by artists like Dorian Electra and Arca. Now you can't talk about hyperpop without mentioning Charlie XCX and her album Pop 2, which was produced by A.G. Cook of PC Music. XCX had already garnered major mainstream acclaim for her smash hits Boom Clap, I Love It, and Fancy. So when she released Pop 2, it catapulted hyperpop to the center of modern conversations about music. Pop 2 was also largely a collaborative effort featuring queer artists like trans singer Kim Petras, gender-fluid musician Dorian Electra, and Brazilian drag sensation Pablo Vittar. Charlie XCX's platform as a pop icon allowed many of these PC music adjacents to grow their following and expand their discography. Another incredibly important album to the hyper-pop subgenre was 1000 Gex, the debut album from the duo 100 Gex. Producer Dylan Brady and trans singer Laura Less laced PC music's bubblegum bass with this new brashness. And after the release of 1000 Gex, Spotify created an official hyperpop playlist, which has broken records for the number of streams and save rates. Brooke Handy Fag Mob. 
it is clear that hyperpop as a subgenre has almost entirely been shaped by queer musicians like Grimes, Sophie, Laura Less, and Kim Petras. I think it's important to know why this is the case. Many hyperpop artists first release their music on SoundCloud, which is an incredibly accessible service. It allows artists to avoid the gatekeeping that happens with major record labels, and these artists are now allowed to create, collaborate, and put out their content without being stifled by music executives. For example, Kim Petras has talked about why she didn't sign on a label for a long time because she faced transphobia when she was trying to sign on a label. Queer musicians like Kim Petras often face those barriers, but the structure and ideologies of hyperpop allow for younger queer musicians to just make music. Another huge example is Rebecca Black. When she released her single Friday in 2011, Rebecca Black faced a flood of trolls and parodies criticizing and ridiculing the song. At the ripe age of 13, Black was shunned by the industry and disappeared from the music scene. But then, in 2021, she re-emerged and released Girlfriend, which documented her experience coming out as a queer woman. And then, in total self-aware, hyper-pop fashion, Black united with Dorian Electra, Dylan Brady of 100 Gex, and several other established hyper-pop musicians to produce a remix of Friday. After releasing the original version of Friday, Black became a young pariah within the industry, but 10 years later, the hyperpop community welcomed her back into its ranks.
evidenced by the multitude of queer musicians who transformed hyperpop into a cultural movement and the inherent queer values within hyperpop, like the emphasis on collective empowerment, disdain for labels, and appreciation for the camp aesthetic, hyperpop and the queer community are fundamentally connected. Without queer musicians, hyperpop would not be the groundbreaking subgenre that it is today. And without hyperpop, queer musicians would not have the readily available community and designated space within the industry that hyperpop creates. As proven by the new generation of queer artists, the queer and hyperpop community will continue to push the boundaries of music and society, and I'm so excited to see what new songs, what new music, and what upcoming artists are still to emerge. And that's a wrap on our very first episode of That's So Gay. Thank you all for listening, and make sure to tune in weekly, Mondays at 9pm, to learn more about queer musicians making queer music about the queer experience.